Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. As we enter into the new decade, one of the biggest concerns that we really have is with protecting our privacy. Watching the news, looking into the media, we see all these things called data breaches, we see people going out there and losing their privacy, and a lot of things that have been happening lately are uh, the government over here in America has been really pressing on these large corporations to really go out there and make their uh, data more private and more accessible to the people. Even Andrew Yang is going out there and preaching that data is a privacy right and when or, or a property right. And when we really think about data, a lot of people don't actually know how to control it, how to use it, how to protect it, and how to keep it in uh, their hands. Now, there's risks when it comes to businesses where a data breach could cost millions of dollars, but also at the at the personal level where you're just a specific person. There's a lot of things that could be uh, detrimental if there's a data breach with something that you're sending as an email, maybe even your personal data, maybe your financial data, whatever it may be. These All, all of these things could have dire consequences. So today what I've done is I brought Anne-Marie Van, Van Herk on the line with us. Uh, she's a cyber risk communicator. And I wanted her to help like, identify what we could do to really protect our data. But before I get into that, uh, Anne, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself and maybe discuss how you ended up in uh, privacy from, the, from your career journey? Certainly. And, and thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, like I'm Anne-Marie Vandenherk. And um, I guess basically I always ask people, do you want to get hacked? And the answer is always no. No one ever wants to get hacked. And that's how I got into uh, cyber risk was I had written a book. I was getting ready to launch it. Uh, I was tech savvy. I'd written about uh, privacy and hacking and breaches. And my website got hacked. Mm. And that really, yeah, Um and it really uh, was a detriment uh, to what I was doing uh, because I lived in rural America at the time. Uh, the Internet was a way to connect outside of my community. So in the process, um, I asked a lot of questions. I, um, and, and I learned a lot uh, because with with privacy and cybersecurity and cyber risk, it's sort of like your Dorothy and and her friends in the Wizard of Oz. And you know, here's Oz in his castle doing all these things. So my focus is in in my mission is to help individuals uh, pull that curtain away and actually see what cyber risk is, what cybersecurity is, and help them understand because information is, is power. So through my, my journey, um, I've, I've been involved uh, for 25 years in IT operations, 
uh, crisis communications. So this just felt like a natural uh, career path for me to to move into, uh, especially from my life experiences, being a business owner, getting hacked, and seeing the troubles that I had to go through uh, to fix it. So that's where I am now. So my mission is to make it harder for the bad guys to get your information. So in the past, I've been hacked about twice, maybe once when I first set up my website, and then once again about six months, six to nine months ago, and it's really caused a lot of havoc when the website got hacked because like everything just goes down, and it's such a headache to really go out there and recover. And of course, it affects the bottom line for any type of business out there. When your website was hacked, how long did it take for you to like recover everything, and what year did that kind of happen in? Um, that happened in 2013. And um, it it was, and and the thing you know the thing is you don't necessarily realize immediately that there has been a hack. You just start noticing little things, and most hacks it takes um, over a hundred and eighty days or so before the hack is discovered. And mine could have been longer because I really wasn't aware of it. And I think that's common for a lot of business owners, especially small business owners and solopreneurs that many of us are. And uh, it it took a while for me, one, to realize that it had been hacked. And then it probably took about a month uh, for it to be fully fixed. But you also have to add in the cost of it. It's it's not a cheap fix. And the fact that more and more of us are dependent on all things digital uh, to promote and market and manage our businesses, um, it becomes a, a, a very expensive proposition. Yeah, I could see it becoming quite costly. I know... Each time I got hacked, it costs a few thousand dollars and a lot of research and figuring out who could really go out there and fix everything. And even after right. all the fixes were implemented, like the site was never really the same after that. So it kind of lost a lot of the core elements from the beginning. And when, when you kind of had your website rebuilt and uh, protected again, did it kind of still, did it lose some of the core elements from before or were you able to like recover it fully? Uh, I think it came back stronger uh, because I understood what had happened. Um, I understood the measures that I had to do in order to protect my website. Uh, that was to make sure that, for example, it was a WordPress site, that I had an SSL uh, certificate in place, that I had plugins that were security plugins. Um, and depending on who your hosting provider is, you can also have uh, services that will sort of repel those attacks, or once an attack happens, they automatically fix it. Um, it, 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 it does take a lot of, of, of effort because your site does have to be, uh, as they say, scrubbed. So it ha- they have to literally go through it and clean each file and then present it back to you. 
so that is the time-consuming uh, part of, say, having your um, website hacked. Um, it's even more consuming uh, forensically if it's your database being hacked, your servers are being hacked. Um, that takes it to a whole new uh, level of, of, of concern for, for a solopreneur or a small business. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And every now and then we see a company on the news like Facebook's user login data gets hacked and put onto the dark web or Netflix logins go and disappear and end up where the passwords are online. And it seems like a lot of these companies, when their data gets uh, hacked, it kind of puts the end users like me and you kind of at risk when that happens. What, what do you think, uh, what, what are the real-world consequences when these large companies get their data breached? Like maybe like a credit reporting company or like a social media network or a bank. What, what's kind of like the real-world consequences of that? Well, there, there are major real-world consequences. Um, we are still... The internet is still the wild, wild west. Um, uh, therefore, it's really hard to contain what's happening. But they do have real-world consequences uh, for the users, the individuals whose data has been hacked, not only for the companies. Um, it can affect um, your credit. It can affect you getting a job. Um, and those are, those are serious things. Serious uh, but it also is just frustrating uh, for someone uh, to have to lose all that information. And I mean, on the dark web, it's it's you know, social security number is worth maybe a couple bucks now. However, mm-hmm. where our biggest concerns should be is with our healthcare providers, uh, because a full healthcare record. Uh, can fetch over $4,000 on the dark web. And that's more important in terms of because it has so much information about you. I mean, social media networks, um, yeah, it's a hassle uh, if they're data, but the fact is that they know so much about you. Um, They may not have your financial information, but it's uh, easier to to social engineer based on your social media um, profile. But the health insurance, health um, information, your health profile is is much more in depth because they collect so much information for you from you. Your you know your social security number, who's your insurance, your financial. So um, they're varying levels. I mean, it's all bad. And it's something that everyone should be aware about, um, how much information they're putting out there. So if someone were to take my health data, they would be able to see if I had any, like, diseases. They'd be able to see if I had, like, maybe an ulcer or something. But they also get, like, my name, my social, my my financial information, address. my address. Like, with, with my health information. Wow. <laughs> I mean, think about how much when you go into a doctor's office, how much information you have to give them before you're seen. Yeah. 
It's a and they lot do ask of information. For a lot. So the more you know, the more complete the profile is, the higher value because it's easier um, to duplicate it. I mean, that's another reason why when uh, British Airways and, and air, um, other airlines were hacked was the data they have on you is very specific. So it's easier mm-hmm. to build up a profile based on that information um, you know, for passport numbers. Then they can create a passport. So for security, um, that's very concerning uh, for um, terrorists and, and so forth. Um, it'll make it easier for them to come through uh, immigration and controls if they have if they have a, a valid passport. Um, so it's they're just not to scare everyone to run out and and go live in a cave. Um, you know, the, the information is out there. Um, pretty much everyone's information is out there uh, in some forms. Uh, because when we all got into this digital thing, um, nobody was really thinking about it. And our protection and laws haven't really caught up fully yet. So, so, um, so basically... There's a piece of every single person who's ever been on the internet. A piece of their information is somewhere online, probably in this dark web. Most likely. Most likely. And that could range from a social security number, a birthday, to all the way to like a full, complete profile on the person. Correct. Wow. Uh, it's about time for us to go to a commercial break, and then we could talk about a lot of the con- uh, a lot of the issues that people could kind of look out for uh, when it comes to privacy after the commercial break. If people want to find you online, and where can they find you? They can find me uh, at mindthegapcyber.com or on Twitter as am Vandenherk. Perfect. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this uh, commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. 
packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Anne-Marie Vandenherg. We've been talking about a lot of things when it comes to data privacy, all the way from how much it costs for a social security number to a complete health profile on the dark web to a lot of consequences that could happen when a website gets hacked. Uh, What I wanted to kind of talk about in this segment is when it comes to the everyday user of the Internet, whether they're just on social media, whether they're using emails to send and communicate with their messages, whether they're buying things online on websites like Amazon and things like that. Do, do these people who kind of maybe they don't own a business, they're going out there and doing things online, kind of thinking that nothing is really going to happen to them, or maybe they're using a messenger on Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever it may be. Do these people have any like concerns when it comes to privacy online? Or are they kind of like safe from the ramifications of uh, going out there and having to take measures to protect their data? Well, the thing is, um, people are their own weakest link in cybersecurity and maintaining their their privacy. Um, In fact, um, most uh, breaches and attacks to an individual's data happens with an email. So they click on an email that they shouldn't have, and then the whole process process starts. Um, so it's basically it's it's through social engineering, um, because I could probably ask you, you know, things like, um, what is your um, what was your what was your first car and where do you go to high school or what's your favorite food or your name of your first pet? Now, I mean, those questions sound familiar, don't they? They do. Yes. And where do you usually have those questions? On my banking profile and... uh, Bingo. Yeah, my credit card, I think. Yes, and exactly. And um, when you do a lot of these um, 
you know, little online quizzes on Facebook, uh, what do they sort of uh, revolve around? Similar information. Yeah. Right. So it's all part about collecting data. And while a lot of these quizzes um, could be completely innocent, some are nefarious. And um, that was one of the reasons why Facebook got in so much trouble a couple years ago was um, they allowed um, a firm to collect this sort of data. So basically for... For everyone um, who owns a smartphone, a computer, or access to online, um, you really need to to think about um, three things. And uh, one of that is um, your password. Uh, they most passwords are one, two, three or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, yeah, the first line of defense is having really strong passwords. And passwords that are not easily used uh, or easily guessed through, if someone were to look through your social media feed and put two and two together, um, which, by the way, that's called social engineering, um, and based that, oh, your dog's name is Buddy, so let's try Buddy, that mm. kind of thing. Um, so it's really important to have a very strong password and that you change it regularly, particularly on your, your important accounts, like your banking accounts, your insurance, um, anything that, your health care, insurance. Um, and you do that... Um, you at least once a once a year, depending on how serious uh, you want to be, you can do it quarterly, um, which is which is that's the ideal uh, situation. But let's face it, all of us have how many passwords in our lives? Far too uh, many, <laughs> um, and you, know, you shouldn't use the same password for your bank bank and your credit card, and your insurance. Mm. You have to keep all of those separate. You you have to make it tough on the bad guys because the tougher you make it on the cyber criminals, the more likely they're going to move on to somebody else. So make it hard on them. Now, everyone's listening thinking, okay, um, how do I do that? So what you do is you put a system in place, um, And it could be any kind of system that you want. Um, Safari, if you're an Apple user, um, does generate passwords for you. And they're they're very secure. Um, You can do a a system like a number with a numeral and a character. Um, And then do it in such a sequence that you can remember uh, for each, um, you know, digital property that you, you're on. Uh, or you could use a password manager that takes care of it for you. But the key is to always uh, just make it harder and um, keep your password difficult and updated. Um, the other thing people can do is keep their devices updated. So, 
when there's an update to your phone or an app on your phone, do it. Um, they're often security updates where they're plugging in um, holes where they've noticed that, that there is a, a security issue in, in, in there. Um, and when you no longer can update a device, that's time, and no matter how painful it is, it's time to retire that device mm. uh, because it's no longer secure. It's no longer um, able to, to do what it needs to do to keep you, to keep you safe. And, um, you know, the, the third one that's a major is unsecured Wi-Fi. Um, everything li- everyone likes free um, because we don't want to move you know, burn through our cellular data. Oh gosh, try to say that fast five times. Um, <laughs> and most data uh, Wi-Fi networks at Starbucks or airports or whatever are not secure. I mean, same with hotels. So that's leaving you open uh, for your device uh, in transit to be hacked. Um, so in that case, I always suggest what's known as a VPN, a virtual personal network. And there are various ones out there. Go for a paid option um, because you're paying for a service, you're paying for uh, updates. This is what they do. Um, and then run that on um, your, um, your smartphone or your tablet and laptop when you have to connect to an unsecure Wi-Fi network. And um, the third one is, uh, the fourth one, am I, I've I've lost track. There's so many things Uh, people have to to remember. But email, Um, just don't click on links in in your messenger or your email. Um, Just just don't do it because that opens yourself up, up to being hacked as well. Okay, so you mentioned that as one of these things to do is to use a secure network or a VPN every single time that you use the internet. Let's say you directly did go to a Starbucks and then let's say you sent a 250-word email to, let's say it was a, supposed to be like some secure document about like um, trade secrets at your company and then you sent that out and you were on the Starbucks Wi-Fi, what could potentially happen when you send that file out if you don't use a VPN? Um, It could be intercepted. Um, There are uh, devices out there that hackers use to to intercept uh, the the process if it's an unencrypted email. Um, When you're sending it unencrypted, it's sort of open. It's sort of like you're driving, you're driving down the highway in a convertible. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, people can grab stuff out of your car. Um, mm. When it's encrypted and you're using a VPN, it's really hard for people to gra- come inside and grab your stuff because uh, they have to figure out where it is. Mm. Um, so, and and if you are sending trade secrets uh, out. Um, you should be using um, your own uh, hotspot, uh, secure hotspot, and it should be an encrypted email, which is a separate 
um, a separate email service mm-hmm. uh, that that costs a little bit more. But you know, if you are working with uh, trade secrets, intellectual property, and things that you don't want people to see, um, you would need to move to um, an encrypted uh, email program, email service. And you shouldn't be using anything that's unsecure. Like, nothing. So, let's say you did use an encrypted email service and you still connected to the public Wi-Fi. Would that still get intercepted? Potentially, yes. It's harder. Uh-huh. Uh, because the encrypted email, you have to go through steps in order, uh, verification steps in order to get access to the email. So they, they would get it, but then it would be destroy the data, and then they'd have to figure out how to get into that data to actually see it. Correct. And then uh, when, when, it's un- when it's unsecured, it's the com- remember, it's the convertible. So yeah. you're stopping at a stoplight. Somebody can grab it, grab your, you know, your laptop bag or something. Think of it that way. And then think of the encryption um, and the Y and the VPN as, you know, you're in your sedan and the doors are locked and the windows are up. Hmm. Interesting. So if, uh, if you're using the encrypted V or if you're using a VPN and then you're going out there and using an encrypted email service on top of that, then chances are you're, and you're also using your own mobile hotspot from your own personal device as opposed to going out there and using an outside source, then more than likely your data is going to stay protected and not get into the hands of any hackers. Right, most likely. There is nothing that is 100% secure, but the key is making it super difficult I mean, if it is a sophisticated uh, criminal organization or state-sponsored um, hacking, um, they'll get what they need. Um, but for you, your average hacker, um, if you make it too difficult for them, they're going to move on to somebody else. They're not going to bother. So if it's like some government agency, like maybe like the NSA or something like that, then they might go through the extra steps to really go and completely encrypt the file but, or de-encrypt the file. But then the regular hacker is going to be like, oh, this is too much work. I'm not going to really even bother. Exactly. It has to be, it, it has to be worth, their, worth, their, worth their effort. And yeah. most, you know, on-the-street hackers are not going to do that. But if you're part of an organized crime or a state-sponsored hacking group, uh, you're going in with a specific target. It's, it's not random. It's, we know you have uh, trade secrets and we want to obtain them and therefore we are, are, we are going to do it and they will uh, most likely be successful. So when you say you could, like, intercept a message, let's say I were to send a message to you. It was, like, maybe 500 words. 
as as a hacker, would you be able to intercept that on the way through, change that message, and have something that I send to you be complete, uh, not completely different, but maybe twenty five percent different than what I intended to send to begin with? Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. Um, anything is is possible. Um, it's more likely they want to grab your credentials and then send out emails under your credentials. You know, hmm. For example, um, what is, 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 is a huge uh, cyber trend, crime trend right now is you go to buy a house, and when you buy a house, you work with an attorney, and um, there is money transfer that happens. And what happens is, Either side gets gets hacked. Their their credentials get taken from email, and um, an incorrect their their email is is basically they're fished, and so they'll send you an email or your lawyer or your attorney an email saying um, here are the details uh, for the transfer of funds, and so we're I mean we're talking. We're not talking $100 here. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that potentially could be lost in a transaction. And what makes it so serious is once a transaction takes place, once the money leaves your bank, um, it's lost. Um, And that's what makes um, wire fraud, cyber fraud so serious is it's, it's, most highly unlikely that you will be able to get that money back. Um, so, so that's why it's important to uh, be very careful with your email as to how you, when you click on links and and so forth. And that's why you need to have a strong password that you change on a regular basis is to keep, Keep the target moving for people. You know, you're at the county fair and you're trying to get the teddy bear um, or the hacker's trying to get a teddy bear. You just got to keep it moving. Keep you keep your target moving. Be the duck that, that keeps moving uh, away from it. So... So uh, I guess what you're kind of saying is like the email, my personal email is if it's into the hands of the hackers, if they're able to go out there and fish my information because I clicked on a link and that allowed them to transfer over my login information to them. Or if I started sharing uh, information about myself to like a quiz or something that's seductive that was trying to really fish out the data, that once that uh, hacker or other source is able to get my personal information off my email, they can contact my contacts, go and get other information, maybe transfer money to them as opposed to myself, and kind of take full control over all the other things that I have. Yes, that always is a possibility. Um, so that's why, um, that's what I call cyber hygiene. It, that's why it's so important Um to just take these these precautions of you know having a strong password, not clicking on links um, from from people even you know unless you're expecting that link, not using unsecured Wi-Fi, 
you know, not updating your your devices. Um, the the essential you, you just want to make it harder. The more difficult the for the hacker, the more likely they're going to move on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Unless especially they're specific targeting you. Um, and if that's the case, that's, that's a whole separate issue. But, you know, for most um, phishing schemes or social engineering schemes, they're spamming everyone. So they're sending out millions of emails, and they're just hoping X percentage clicks on them. And yeah. there is a good percentage that does, and then it just goes from there. So, um, yeah. It's it's just it's good cyber hygiene, you know. Just keep everything tight and clean, and do the updates and keep that strong password and just be aware of yeah. That's of a what lot information of gr- you're sharing. Yeah, that's a lot of great information, and we'll do a recap right after we get off this commercial break, talking about all the great things that people could do to protect their data. If people wanted to find you online, uh, where could they find you again, Emery? Uh, they can find me at mindthegapcyber.com. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change can be a scary thing. It's way too easy to stay inside your comfort zone. But the world is changing, and that's not going to stop. Without adapting yourself to the rest of life is just selling yourself short. Join Sandra Hill every week for Grow Your Voice, Overcome Your Fears. You gain insight with expert guests, experiences, and tools to help you navigate the change and perhaps even welcome it. Listen live on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with Anne-Marie Van Herk, and we've been discussing a lot of things that you could go out there to protect your data, and that's doing various things like getting a VPN instead of using a public wireless network. It also includes going out there and seeing if you could get an encrypted email to using your personal hotspot as opposed to a public network, to making sure that you're not clicking on any suspicious-looking links that may collect your data data or to filling out quizzes or information requests where people are kind of fishing out your private data. Now, I know there's a lot of uh, scammers out there. Now they're even doing it by phone where they kind of mask their phone number or their email address as kind of an institution. But then if you kind of click on that link, it shows like maybe a Yahoo address or something else. Um and these happen all the time where scammers are kind of getting smarter and smarter and trying to use more and more unique ways to really go out there and kind of get your information by trying to make it look like it's an official request from a company. And have you been seeing a lot of that too? Um, I have. And I think people are very smart Then when they get an email. It is, you check who sent it. You're often surprised to find out that uh, the company that it says it is, is is not a company email. So I think I think families need to be vigilant about that. Um, I mean, it just it just comes to simple stepping back before reacting to something and looking at it closely. Yeah. I can definitely see that, too. Uh, because of all of these concerns that we kind of mentioned, um, I started working at a company called Z Crypto Networks. And what we've been doing is we've been creating a product called Moolah Mail. And with this uh, product, what we're doing is we're building it on the blockchain and beta testing is going to be available in late February. But uh, because we're doing this, one of the key things that we wanted to do was make it fully encrypted where there's end-to-end encryption from the sender to the recipient. And we also wanted to implement a whitelisting approach because there's so much spam that every single person gets nowadays that it kind of gets overwhelming and you can't really tell who's legitimate, who's not. You put yourself kind of at risk for all the phishing. And even if you have like those sensitive, important documents, you don't want them to kind of get out into the wrong people's hands. So we kind of wanted to over here address that situation that you're kind of mentioning where if someone gets ground zero, your uh, personal information and gets into your email that this central hub becomes a more anonymous network where you don't even have to really sign up for it using your real name or anything. It's completely anonymous. And that way, if you have one email, maybe three emails or five emails, you could kind of fragment what information you have on each one to kind of segment out your data and keep it completely anonymous where if someone breaks in, they only get a portion of that data. And we're doing everything we can to kind of prevent people from actually getting that full picture of what people kind of see. Uh, As a data privacy expert, what's your thoughts on a platform like that? Um, I think it's very helpful. Um, Just 
it has to be very easy for people to use. Um, there yeah. is so much um, going on in in people's lives um, with managing uh, just life in general, but then adding that extra piece of of how to say stay cyber safe and and, and keep your privacy online. Um, it really has to be very simple, um, and it you know that can be done. Uh, it's just, um, it, it, I think people have become so accustomed um, to sharing yeah. and um, giving their information out um, that we're just now realizing the consequences of that. Uh, and, you know, it, we're often behind the eight ball, so to speak. And, um, you know, our, our, the kids, um, many are, are digital natives now. Uh, so to them, it's, it's very normal to have all of this. And, and people are unaware of how much information they are sharing online yeah. and, and how that can be gleaned uh, to... To, to do that. So, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, you should have one email that is just for, like, family, mm-hmm. and then have, a, have an email for shopping or, mm-hmm. you know, online shopping and, and things like that. Um, and then another one maybe for this, the social platforms that you're on. And when you're using, um, when you are online shopping, I mean, it's always good to make sure that um, there's a little lock signal, a little lock logo on, um, uh, on uh, in your. Um, of course, I'm totally forgetting what that call, that's called. Um, how embarrassing for me! But um, in in uh, when you type in a website, it should be a secure website. So when the little lock comes up, it's SSL. Um, and so that's very important before you give any sort of personal information. Uh, so, and then use, use a credit card that isn't tied to your uh, banking account. Um, so, I mean, there's, there are ways that one can manage their privacy and their... Um, their, their data security by just taking those simple steps. Um, you know, the biggest concern right now is, is children's privacy. Yeah. And, and keeping um, kids' data safe. Um, I mean, because we all know the social networks have age restrictions, um, but we also know that there are many ways around that. So, I mean, families um, need to be really paying attention to what, what their, uh, how much access their kids have um, to social media platforms, uh, what information are they giving out, uh, and, and so forth. Because they, I mean, while the kids are tech savvy, they may not be social savvy yet. Yeah. In terms of I saw the, the whole stranger danger. Yeah, I saw an article last week, I believe, a mother pretended to be her 13-year-old daughter on Instagram, and she was bombarded with messages from, like, older men trying to, like, flirt, 
And it was kind of off, very, very off-putting and even uh, disgusting where uh, they were talking to like this 13-year-old girl. Well, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, you and I have been in uh, the digital sphere for a long time. And so I think both of us can speak to the nature of a lot of the messages we've received over the years that are, yeah. are just highly inappropriate. Um, so imagine that happening to a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old child. Yeah, that's um, got to be scarring. You, yeah, I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? And that's um, yeah, so uh, you, you, the idea of how do you keep uh, the kids safe online but also protect their, their data. Uh, right now, there's a lot of uh, talk of legislation um, that will force uh, non-collection of data of uh, kids under a certain age and allow them um, full privacy. Because they are collecting data on kids right now, um, so they're also building up a profile on on children in terms of what they're watching, what are they like, who are they talking to, etc. So look for um, that to become more prominent in 2020 as as we're starting to understand um, the full aspects of of what does online privacy mean, not only for adults, but particularly children. Yeah. Some people, they think that right now, because all the companies already have all of the people's private data and it's all stored in these servers and it's being sold off for profit and basically they kind of know everything about us already, that it might be too late to go and take measures to protect that data. Would you say it's too late or would you say there's still time and hope to kind of go and protect that data? I think there is still time. Uh, I mean, we have to change our um, our mindsets as as users. Um, everything is uh, freemium. Uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and so forth. They're all free platforms, and. Um, you know, everyone was loosey goosey in, in the in the in the beginning um, because it was just the wild west. It was so new. Um, you know, I started on Twitter. Oh, gosh, two thousand eight. So it was it was fairly new platform. Same with MySpace. Um, it, I, I don't think any of us fully understood what it was all about. I mean, it was just fun. It was cool. We get to talk to people. Um, I think as um, the the space has matured, uh, people have started to become more aware of the ramifications of um, what information is too much information uh, to, um, uh, to have out there. Um, and, and, and the thing is, the, the data isn't just being used to sell you, a, you know, a new soft drink. It's being used to also influence how you think about, I'll just say it, elections 
and things like yeah. that. Um, so there are serious consequences outside of you getting you know, 50 million ads about uh, you thinking that you're going to buy a toaster kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, it's molding how you think about certain issues, and um, that can be very damaging um, in, in how the future moves on. Uh, so it's 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 very much um, you, we can still change it. It's just we have to be aware of it. And as influencers in our spheres, we we really need to work to educate people on what it all means, and then empower them to take the necessary precautions and and, and safeguards, and also have them raise their voices and concerns. Because in the end, we're all consumers. So um, we can all leave Facebook or we can all leave Twitter or, um, and eventually reactions have to, will have to be taken seriously um, because if no one's on the platform using the platform, then no one's going to want to advertise or, or, or so forth. So I think people still have a voice in, in what's happening, um, we just need to do a better job of, of educating people and, and ma- helping them understand uh, we need to do a better job of, of educating our, our legislature on uh, you, the digital world because many of them have absolutely no experience with anything digital. Uh, so it's just an education um, educational process because it's still new. It's still the wild, wild west out there. Um, and, um, you know, I think globally everyone's trying to deal with this and, and, yeah. and figure this out. Well, thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for all this great information. Everyone who's listening, you've got the information that you need to go out and protect yourself. Go and get your uh, SSLs. Go out there and make your passwords secure. Go and make sure you're using your hotspot. Get a VPN. Get a secure email service uh, like moolahmail.io. And if you want to, and to help others, make sure you're informing and educating people so they know about their data privacy concerns as well and you've heard it right here from the source and marie says it's not too late to go out there and protect your data you can go and make measures and make it all happen right now if anyone wants more information about Anne marie you can always find her at mindthegapcyber.com to get more information about the, her methods to go out there and protect data both for people and for companies you could always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on uh, Twitter. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.